Grace Encounter with Alvin Doss, a teaching ministry that focuses on the gospel of Christ. And now, here's Alvin. Hey everybody, welcome to the Grace Encounter. Today I'm going to teach you from Acts chapter 10. And uh, the story that we're going to study today is very fundamental to why and how Christianity spread from Israel. If you can turn to Acts chapter 10, verse 1, it says, There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment. So this is not talking about a Jew. It's very clear this guy is a Roman and he's a centurion of the Italian regiment. The second verse talks about him and his relationship with God. A devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. Romans are known to be worshipping pagan gods, but here is a centurion from Rome whom the scripture calls a devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. Now you must be thinking, you know, this describes most of us Christians today. We fear God as a household. We worship Him, who generously gives alms. We help the poor, we take care of the sick. You know, when somebody comes to us, we take care of them. We are good Christians and pray to God always. We might be having family prayers, we might be having a lot of things. We might be getting prayer books after prayer books and then, you know, muttering prayers all day long. But you're in for a shock, you know, if you continue reading this. Verse 3 says, about the ninth hour, which is, what would it be? Sixth hour, six o'clock in the morning is the first hour. So that will be like 3 p.m. He saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius, now wait a minute, an angel of God appeared to Cornelius? And you are saying, you know, we are in for a shock who have been doing good things like Cornelius. Yes, you are. You are in for a shock. Yes, the angel of God came and appeared to Cornelius. Now, there is a big message about it. Let's wait and watch. And the angel says, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your arms have come up for a memorial before God. Wow! I wish some of our prayers and, you know, our works came up as a memorial before God. No, we wish for it. We want it to happen. Forget that. We would be like crazy about an angel appearing to us in a vision. It happened to Cornelius. An angel appeared to him and he told him very clearly, your prayers and your arms have come up for a memorial before God. That means God sees what you're doing. And the instruction to Cornelius is, Now send men to Joppa 
and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon a tanner, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. Wow. Cornelius was already doing a lot. He was fearing God. He ensured his family also was built in that faith, that they feared God. They gave alms, they helped people, they prayed to God continually. The angel is saying something else. Saying, send men to Joppa. Find Simon, whose surname is Peter. Essentially, our Peter. And clearly gives the address where he is. Who is he staying with. And angel says something very important. He says, he will tell you what you must do. Cornelius has been doing. And angel says, Bring Peter and he will tell you what you must do. You can go ahead and read the story. It's a beautiful story how at the same time Cornelius had this vision, God was working with Peter in another vision. What you must understand is Peter was a Jew. Cornelius is a Gentile. Jews and Gentiles never got along. So much so that Peter would later say, I am not even allowed to talk to you. That's the animosity between Jews and the Gentiles. Okay. And so God had to minister to Peter to get him to come to Cornelius' house. That's what uh, verses 9 to verse 23 is. You can go ahead and read it. But I'm not going to read that whole passage. I'm going to continue from verse 24. And the following day, they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends in anticipation. Now It's not just his household, his friends and his relatives, all of them were gathered in the house. As Peter was coming in, Cornelius met and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up saying, Stand up, I myself am also a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many who had come together. Then he said to them, You know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to one of another nation. But God has shown to me that I should not call any man common or unclean. So this is the ministering that I was talking about. That God was teaching Peter to ensure that he goes to Cornelius' house. For God, this was important. He prepared Peter to get to Cornelius' house. And even though Peter had his apprehensions about going to a Gentile's house, he still went because the Lord commanded him. Therefore, I came without objection. As soon as I was sent for, I asked them, For what reason have you sent me? Peter doesn't know why he's come. Cornelius doesn't know what Peter is going to say. Now, Cornelius is going to connect the dots by saying what exactly happened. So Cornelius said, Four days ago I was fasting until this hour, and at the ninth hour I prayed in my house, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing, and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your arms are remembered in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa, and call Simon here, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon Atana by the sea, when he comes, he will speak to you. So I sent to you immediately, and you have done well to come. Now therefore we are all present before God to hear 
all the things commanded you by God. Verse 34 Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. But Peter is still not understood. Okay, God has prepared him to come here, but Peter has still not understood. He is trying to interpret what Cornelius is saying. Cornelius is saying, the angel of the Lord came to me and he says, your prayer has been heard, your arms are remembered in the sight of God. Now send for Peter so that he may speak with you. Now Peter is interpreting the first part where the angel is saying, your prayers have been heard and your arms are remembered. He is responding by saying, in truth I perceive that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. So he's thinking God was rewarding Cornelius for what he was doing. No, God had a bigger plan. We will come to that. But Peter is still stuck. And he continues to say, The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word you know which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after baptism with John preached. So now Peter starts preaching the gospel that he preaches everywhere he's gone. He starts to preach. Verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. Him God raised. Him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before by God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets witness that through his name whoever believes in him will receive remissions of sins. Now if you read from Acts chapter 1, there are multiple times where Peter preaches, Stephen preaches. This is not the end of their preaching ever. Okay, they have a lot more to say. But something different happens here. Verse 44, while Peter was still speaking, that means Peter hadn't stopped. His message was not finished. According to Peter, his message was not finished. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. What does that mean? In the New Covenant, in the Christian world, when the Holy Spirit filled somebody, it was clear indication that God has saved him. Now that's happening to Gentiles for the first time. And Peter is there, he's still preaching the gospel and God cuts him off. And the Holy Spirit falls on them. It's like exactly when Peter was preaching, deep within, Cornelius and his family were, were repenting and they were believing. And when they heard this word, to him, that is verse 43, to him all the prophets witnessed that through his name 
whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins whoever believes will receive remission of sins i'll say that again whoever believes will receive remission of sins and that's where god cuts off peter that's all cornelius and his family had to hear cornelius was doing a lot of good it came to the remembrance of god but for god that was not enough he sent his angel he told him get peter to come and preach to you the gospel that's what god wanted peter to do and when peter was preaching the gospel while he was preaching the message was very clear at this point that oh, you had to only believe to be to be saved for your sins to be forgiven and cornelius and cornelius's household and his friends believed and the holy spirit poured out on them i started off by saying cornelius was a good man he was doing everything that many christians would envy him for but guess what that's not enough christianity is the only religion where man is not reaching out to god but god is reaching out to man because god knows man no matter what he does he will not be holy enough for god which is why he had to send his son to die so that when we believe in him who died for us our sins are forgiven our sins are not forgiven because we do good our sins are not forgiven because we give alms our sins are not forgiven because we pray every day our sins are not forgiven because we fear god our sins are forgiven because we believe in jesus for a brief moment i want you to turn to romans chapter 10 verse 9 romans chapter 10 verse 9 that if you confess with your mouth the lord jesus and believe in your heart that god has raised him from the dead you will be saved that's all it takes yes that's all it takes if you confess with your mouth the lord jesus and believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead you will be saved for with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation you may have lived a christian for like 25 years 30 years 40 years 50 years 60 years depending on who's listening to me you may be a christian because you were born in a christian household you may have called yourself christian or you know joined a church because you liked what christians do but that does not make you a christian the fact that you believe in jesus that he was the one who died for you he paid for all your sins there is nothing that you can do to gain that salvation everything that is needed for salvation has been done by jesus and by believing in what he did on the cross you receive forgiveness of sins that's when you are a christian am i saying you should not go to church no i'm not saying that am i saying you should not pray no i'm not saying that am i saying you should not give arms to the poor no i'm not saying that what i'm saying is none of that will get you saved none of that will save you from hell you do all of that because you're already saved and you're loved by god that love overflows from your heart that you want to pray that you want to help the poor and that you want to fear god with your family get together and pray it's a response to what god has done in your life 
It's not the reason you're a Christian. You're a Christian, that's why you do that. And for you to be a Christian, you need to be a believer. And that can only happen by faith. It cannot happen by work. Because man tried. You can read scriptures. The law was given so that you know man should know that he cannot save himself. Look at the Ten Commandments. When Jesus came, there was this lawyer who came to Jesus and he said, Lord, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Going to Jesus, he will say, one thing you lack, just the way he told that lawyer. One thing you will lack. When you come to Jesus saying, you know, I've done this, I've done this. Because the law will surely hold you at fault. Jesus perfected the law. He took the law to such heights saying that the law said you should not kill. But Jesus said even if you get angry, it's equivalent to murder. Now, give me one person's name who has not been angry. The law says you shall not commit adultery. Jesus took it to another level. He said, if you look at somebody, forget committing adultery, forget acting on your feelings. Even if you had that feeling of lust in your heart, you have already committed adultery. That means there is not a single person on earth who can stand up to that level of requirement. And the word of God says, if you want to keep the law and be righteous, then you'll have to keep the whole law. Even if you missed one, you missed all. There is no 99% I've kept the law, therefore I will get to heaven. You have to meet the mark that is 100%. All the laws you'll have to meet. I don't know of a single person who's done that except Jesus. He has fulfilled the law for us so that we can believe Him and be saved. There is no hope for us otherwise. All of us are going to hell if there is no Jesus. Because none of us can meet the law. My dear brothers and sisters, I invite you this moment to take time, listen to this message again. It is very important. This is very foundational to who we are. I know we are busy in our life. We go to work, there are so many things we need to earn, feed our family, take care of the household chores, there are many things, but take time. Listen to this sermon if you want to again. If you think you've heard it enough, meditate on it. You know, when you're alone, when you're traveling, just think about it. Think about how helpless you and I are without Jesus. And that Jesus has come and made it easy for us that we believe in him and accept the salvation. There is nothing that you have to do but believe. Believe with your whole heart that he has saved you. That you are a sinner. Yes, I am a sinner. And I believe in Jesus to be my saviour. Just like Cornelius, that's all you need. Whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. And Cornelius and his household had an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I pray that when you profess your faith for Jesus today, you might have been baptised when you were a kid. You might have been baptised when you joined the church. For whatever reason, if you do not believe, that doesn't count for anything. If you have great, you have an even greater assurance of the salvation now. But if you have not done that, but if you have not committed your life to Jesus, I'm inviting you now. 
you don't have to get a prayer book or repeat after me nothing just tell jesus jesus i know i am a sinner and i'm incapable of saving myself i need you you are my savior i believe you died for me i believe you took all my sin on your body and by believing you i believe that i'm saved and i believe that you rose again from the dead so that this salvation is assured for me i believe lord i believe in your cross I believe in your redemption and the word of god says then you are born again god will make you a new creation you're not going to be the same person you will look the same you'll think the same but you're not the same person because you are a spirit who possesses a soul who lives in a body your body will remain the same even after you accept jesus because you'll continue to live you need this body your soul your thinking your emotion will still remain you will continue to be the same way but your spirit is a new creation god is giving you a new spirit now he will not change your spirit he will give you a new spirit you are a new creation and the word of god says you shall walk in the spirit your spirit will start leading you from today be sensitive to the spirit of god well that's all i had to teach today I hope to get the next episode soon do let me know if there are any questions that you have or is there any specific thing that you want me to teach on so that you know I can focus on that but I'm very happy that I'm doing this it's been quite a while that the lord has been putting in my heart start this i've been putting it off but no longer i want to do this i want to minister to the people i love i want them to know how much jesus loves them Yeah Jesus loves you you're not alone in this world Take care God bless